of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by... Professor Wagstaff. Venomous Vinny. Hot Toddy. Hey, good to be with you again, folks, as we are silly here tonight, teasing each other, having some laughs, and getting into another round table discussion. You're going to wet the bed. I probably will. Ah, well, Fuller over here probably will, too. <laughs> yes. so. This table is rectangle. <laughs> So, um, I've already been teased of how specific <laughs> we're getting with rules on some of these roundtables. So, who wants to announce the criteria of tonight's roundtable? Uh, I will. That was your choice. We are hitting, we're doing aquatic horror. And if you say, hey, dickhead, you guys already did aquatic horror. We did, but this is aquatic horror creature feature edition. The criteria for the previous one was they had to be existing creatures. Yeah, before we did natural. <laughs> they were natural. Now we do. They had super to be on Noah's natural. Ark. Yeah, they had to be an alligator, a shark, a piranha, something to that that exists yeah. in the Dinosaur. real world. We are now going to get into aquatic horror where it's a fantasy creature or a extremely monstrous version of something that may exist. So that is the criteria for this particular roundtable, and it's hot AF August right now, <laughs> so watching these movies is something that I like to do this time of year to mentally cool myself off when it's miserable outside, so I thought it'd be a good one to do this summer. There we go, and the fun part about this was I've never seen a single aquatic horror movie <laughs> that wasn't a natural creature. I take that back, I'll probably bring up two or three that I've seen. But, uh, yeah, we, we typically do roundtables when we have a, a fuller workload because it gives us a chance to just talk about things experienced over the years where we don't have to really dive in and do a bunch of research. And so uh, this was uh, became a big homework assignment for me. But you know what? Had a good time with it. So let's talk about some good, of them. Good. Take a pick. Somebody, anybody, jump in. Well, I feel like we have to start with Creature from the Black Lagoon. Never heard of them. <clears throat> so let, let's let's get those out of the way first and foremost, because that you know that's the first one on everybody's mind. And we've done uh, we've done a full episode, and we've covered those movies previously. Bonafide classic, mm-hmm. Universal monster. He's bonafide. It is something that every year I will watch the Creature from the Black Lagoon movies. If not all of them, at least one of them. And it does rotate which ones I'll watch. Because you've come around on part three. I have come around on part yeah, three. Vinny likes to wear a blazer when he yep, watches yep. it. Did, uh, that, just a brown blazer, that's all I wear. <laughs> did Clint Eastwood influence you? And two, yes. It was a huge influence. Uh, but I do like that one in that it takes place in a theme park. Mm-hmm. It's it. They did something totally different with that sequel. But it's just... It's what you set out to go. It's a black and white... 
and, and not only that, as we'll get into some of these, at least on my list, this gets ripped off a thousand times. Sure. <laughs> for the next decade plus. So you have to just get that one out of the way. I, I love the Creature movies. We joke around about it. The theme music is way overused in the first movie. Uh, but all in all, horns. all in all, <laughs> it is some amazing underwater cinematography. Oh, the first one's beautiful. And I mean, Riku Browning's underwater shots. Mo- the way he man. moved as the creature was so fluid and just so incredibly good. So I, that's one every year. Love that. One. It really is pretty much the gold standard for this topic. I mean, yeah. you kind of have to, even though we've covered it, you have to open it yes. with this. For sure. Along those lines, and it was a perfect excuse for me to watch it for this, but I didn't. <laughs> I've never seen The Shape of Water. Really? Yeah, I, still, I, I own it. I still haven't watched it, though. It's good. It's, it, don't I, go into it expecting a horror movie. Okay. Well, I yeah, really I liked all. it, but it was awkward watching it with a big theater and watching uh, watching a fish screw a woman. But I hear there's no fish meter. There is no fish meter. I almost walked yeah. out for that reason. <laughs> I don't know if you... You uh, should check it out. Do, yeah. fish, if it's do fishes have dongs? That's an even better question, Todd. I appreciate I that. I feel like we need to ask Mr. Science. It's called the Gill Man. Gilman. Not the Dongman. <laughs> We're stretching already. Uh, here we go. Uh, I, one I want to mention real quick, too, as we get things out of the way of stuff that we have covered is the host. Uh, spoiler yeah. alert, it is oh, Korean. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, a callback. Yeah, a little callback there. But that was that was another... Uh, that was we just, a pretty early episode for you guys. Well, I mean, it's been several years at this point since you guys yeah. covered that, right? Um, and as we recently talked about some of the favorite discoveries, that that could have just as easily made the yeah. list. I, oh, I that enjoyed one, that. That one really surprised me. And I think it really surprised me because I didn't expect it to be such a creature feature when yeah. I went into it. And so I... And... Pretty heavy too. I mean, yeah, for, for funny. being funny, yeah. but it gets heavy. Uh, but I really like that movie. Now, because of that heavy aspect of it, I'm probably not as likely to pop that in. Sure, just to you know, chill out in a summer day with. But it is really good. But that's the thing. Like, I don't watch a whole lot of uh, foreign films or, or foreign horror for that aspect. But I mean. That's on my laundry list of, like, I can sit and tell you at least five to ten Korean films that I love. And it's mm-hmm. The Host is probably the first one I saw. Nice gateway. Yeah. Um, Todd, have you seen The Host? Uh, I have not, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's, yeah, it's, it is a great gateway drug to Korean horror film, for sure. And there are a lot of good ones. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah, The Host was on my list. I wanted to bring that one up because it's, it's tops. Toddy, what do you got? Um, I'm going to say this, even though uh, the first one is kind of more of um, in the rules of the, the last one, but Piranha 2, because uh, uh, this one, James Cameron, the original Piranha 2, uh, but they they had wings and flew in this one, so I feel like it meets the category. Um, if uh, I was just going to go off that movie, I'd be like, well, this guy doesn't have a future, <laughs> uh, but clearly he did, uh, just he had to do one shitty movie. Um and uh, while we were talking about uh, Cameron, also, I think uh, people forget about The Abyss. Uh, not exactly horror, kind of more uh, sci-fi, I guess. Got some elements to it, though. Thriller, but um, kind of fits in there as well, so. I think it's a good segue to talk about The Abyss. 
Leviathan, Deep Star Six. Yeah, and yep. I had those, and but we've talked about those movies before too. So just Deep Star Six. Yeah. And, uh, Can we not talk about Leviathan? No. Nope. I mean, we mentioned it. Just that it was that year of oh, the yeah. race to get their property out. Once they were aware of Leviathan and Deep Blue did uh, compete <clears throat> with, or sorry, Deep Star competed yep. with each other. So Abyss, Leviathan, Deep Star Six are just outer space movies underwater. Which yeah. is what water is. So true. Yeah. Right. And, you know, water covers, what, like 73% of the globe? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... Who knows what's on, uh, under there? Yeah. It, I mean... It, uh, excuse me, globe? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the flat earth. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. But, I mean, it, it's not a bad concept. Those, what do, what those, do they have for yeah. globes, I'm wondering? Do they just have, like, a... a Disc. Is that what they have? <laughs> yeah, the... It's a laser disc. <laughs> To echo what you're saying, the interesting thing with those movies, them all kind of pushing them out, is they were, they, at, at one, in one way they were kind of rushing this stuff, but you know on the flip side of it, there's still a lot of worth in them. Like Leviathan has a massive cast. Oh yeah. Like I mean, these aren't just B grade schlockfests that they're slapping up on the screen to get out before the abyss. Um, Leviathan, I even jotted it down because uh, I couldn't remember all of them, but just some. In that one were Peter Weller, Richard Crenna, Daniel Stern, Ernie Hudson, Meg Foster. Um, and it's, I mean, it's just a, it's like a, uh, and there's a, n- a number of these movies that fit in this category that are all kind of an alien ripoff. This is another one. You know, what you're saying was space, but placed underwater. Yeah. Um, but Leviathan kind of gets frequently forgotten. Yeah. This has actually got some fun elements to it. It's a pretty oh, yeah. entertaining movie. It's creepy. Yeah. Any. Have you ever seen the horror of Party Beach? <laughs> oh, man. I experienced it. Uh, this is from, I believe, 64. I had yes. just come off of... Acid. Yeah, a fat joint. Uh, of watching a week's worth of West Memphis 3 documentaries. And then I popped this in. And it was the most needed... You finally found a movie worth watching for the show. <laughs> it was so needed to break that intensity. Yeah. Terrible script. Yeah. Do you know Terrible the, the googly stick-on eyes? If you put those on sea creatures, <laughs> you've got the horror party beach. <laughs> it's, guys, i got to get a picture here. I'm going to pull up a picture for you guys. But it's, once again, it's it's... Beach Party 1960s, it's creature feature, atomic kind of horror stuff. Like I say, it's real. It's even got like shitty original 50s, 60s music on the beach. Look at this suit. Like th- <laughs> This has been roasted on Mystery Science Theater 3000. But the, I mean, everything about it is so bad, but it's so bad in that like Troll 2 kind of way that I absolutely... Loved watching it, nice. and I will be most certain. There's a bunch of those from that era that are almost the same movie, but that one for me is a lot of fun. Yeah, it, and the and what a time to be alive because Severin put out a magnificent Blu-ray of that movie that you can buy. <laughs> like it looks pristine. Thirty thousand people die of poverty around the globe every day. <laughs> But we can get that on Blu-ray. Yep, and you know what? If more people bought that movie, maybe we could redistribute some of the earnings from that to hey, cure some of these things. I like it. I so, like the it. The Horror at Party Beach, saving the world. Go buy your copy. 
you're saving humanity. You know, uh, I want to get this this subgenre out of the way yeah. and bring up that uh, technically Godzilla comes from the ocean. Oh yeah, and a lot of kaiju. Right? So when we talk about Godzilla films and these creatures, a lot of them come from the water. Yeah, yeah it's very true. No, that especially that first Godzilla movie. Pacific Rim job one through three. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> I did have Pacific Rim without the job uh, on there. Which uh, I loved Pacific Rim, and I hated the sequel. The sequel, yeah. So bad. But you're right. Godzilla totally works, especially in that first film. Uh, the was it Gojira? Now are we is but are we doing aquatic creatures land only? <laughs> That's next year. Okay. Plus or minus next year. Gills. Next year is aquatic aquatic water creatures that learn how to walk on land. Were any of you guys Godzilla kids when you were growing up? Uh, not uh, not full blown, but yeah. I make fun of a lot of Godzilla stuff now because it's the same movie over and over again. But like, no, as a kid, I loved Godzilla and King yeah. Kong. Like. You, I mean, you start naming all the weird stuff like Rodan and like all the extra guys mm-hmm. coming out. Like, yeah, I, I was a mark for all of them, mainly because of the books I could get from the library. Okay, and they were cheap rentals at the VHS store. One that um, I liked with my dad growing up was Gorgo, which oh, is yeah. basically Godzilla, but I think it's off the shores of maybe Ireland or Scotland. I can't remember. It's but it's one of those. Yeah, um, but it's along those same lines. Big. Big creature coming up out of the water, like Godzilla. It even looks a lot like it. And he was drunk because it was Ireland. (laughs) I I, I wasn't exposed to a lot of Godzilla growing up. I don't know why. But I've also noticed that people who were kids in the 70s, that's where most of your Godzilla fans are at, as that generation. I mean, I've still got, I mean, that's my Godzilla toy from the 80s. (laughs) Oh, God, no. We don't. We don't so, talk about it. It's weird because I was going to say the same thing because it's not that I dislike Godzilla, but I didn't really go, grow up on Godzilla. And I, I just wasn't if it's licensing because when I think of it, the only thing we had was like Godzilla '85. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember like a lot of other Godzilla stuff being around. Like even uh, like Sammy Terry stuff like that. I don't remember Godzilla ever. I've got Sammy Terry hosting Godzilla '85 uh, on on a burnt DVD. Uh, Call the feds. But <laughs> Gorgo action there. Nice. Oh yeah, yeah Gorgo's yeah, yeah. good stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I was so, my yeah. uncle Tim was crazy for Godzilla. Uh, I would I've always been more of a Gamera guy. But anyway, I digress. Mm. Who was the dude that had like sword arms? Ultraman? No, the, there was a Godzilla like kaiju that had that big I don't knife know. arms. No, Brian, I figured it Brian out. Blair would know. That's peyote induced and doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Got Alright, somebody else say a movie. Was that the Slain Mantis? <laughs> no. Uh, just a few from that era I'd want to mention without going deep into them, but just it was such a booming moment uh, coming out of the, the Atomic Age um, that you got some really corny shit, but some of it does apply to this. He already mentioned the horror at uh, Party Beach, but Attack of the Crab Monsters, yes. the Phantom from 10,000 Leagues, yep. the monster that challenged the world. Uh, these movies were all coming out around like 55, 56, 57. Now, there's probably a list of 50 more. Yeah. Uh, but Monster those are just from the that... ocean floor was in 54. And that's got, it's basically shots of a regular sized octopus. And then like a really, really, really bad toy submarine. Yeah. Uh, like, whew. I think Roger Corman's affiliated with it. I would believe it. Yeah. 
if it isn't him, it's it's that movement beginning. Just easy, cheap ways to cash in on, especially youngsters that yeah. are that are getting to go to the the theater. The you know the kind of boomers that are you know after a prosperous time are going to the movies a lot, and they're just pumping this shit out. Throw some right. people on a boat set that you can rock and make them freak out. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Easy. And they're always fun, but it's. I always joke about like if you go back to the '40s, they they repurpose like five different titles over and over and over again with different ways. Like the man they could not hang before I hang the man they hang twice, and it's the same thing. You get in with these sea creature movies, they just start reworking the titles and footage. Yeah, but they're fun. The man they hanged on was my favorite. <laughs> get the net. Get the net. <laughs> uh, all right, so break the ice here with the best film that I watched in preparation for this I bet I already know what it is Uh, as I said listeners I I was not well versed in the genre and one of the at the top of every list if we don't agree we all slap him is humanoids from (laughs) the deep boom you're right (laughs) good job (laughs) yes that one has become a more of a favorite here in the last few years, and I I really like to watch that movie. the The creature suits are cool, and the funny thing is, when you hear about it, they weren't even most of them weren't even finished, so they would put slime and shit on it to disguise it. And uh, who was it who built the suits? Do you remember? Mm-mm, not sure. Uh, I have, have to look, look it up. Once one of you guys are are talking about something Steven else. Spielberg, but they had like <laughs> one cost. It's like one actor, the guy who built the suits. In almost every shot, playing all the different that, ones. That was, uh, that was Roger Corman, right? Oh, yeah, that yeah. was definitely a Roger Corman Because I think, uh, I, and I, I never get to catch uh, Joe Bob Briggs' uh, driving, but I, mm-hmm. I think that's how I was watching Humanoids. That He had, uh, during the pandemic, he did show it, and he had Roger Corman via satellite, you know, getting all the factoids in between and this and that. And it's, tell me what your experience with it was going into it and... Just as it as it unfolded on you, I mean, it's Roger Corman, so you know it's going to be schlocky, schlocky, sleazy. You expect fish rape, but sometimes esoteric a little bit. Like it's going to be just weird. Like you're just getting in for a weird experience. Like it's not going to be stupid because that's the thing. Like Roger Corman makes schlocky stuff, but it's not stupid, you know. And so it's like, huh. Like, I've, this has always been on my list of things to watch. I've just needed an excuse to do it. And I watched this, and it was every bit as silly and fun and action-driven, you know? And it's it's what I'm looking for in a Friday night movie. It's also one of the only roundtables we'll ever have where a rapey movie is one of the funnest. <laughs> and it's an endorsement from the Venomous one. Yeah, That's true, yeah. also. I don't endorse the rape. Sure. Uh, sure you don't right whatever <laughs> but I don't uh, him off mic. I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not bothered with it I, d- I don't feel like it's it's not a driving graphic. menacing force well, I was going to say a man so upset by Rob Zombie's films loves fish rape and human rights from the deep <laughs> well, you like what now, you like <laughs> if, if a fish is raping you is it just like them grinding on you well, well, that goes, goes back to our yeah. question I mean Todd is, well, is fishy see Todd has put science on the table and we need I like some science faction. 
I, I quit, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you are a marine biologist, call in 1-800-HOT-TOTTY and uh, tell us the answer to that one. So, yeah, Humanoids from the Deep, uh, special treat for me. Special treat. That's awesome. I want, I, You were going to go one of two ways. <laughs> you were, you were going to be hot or cold on this. I knew that when you went into it. Yeah, yeah. Professor. I think that's a fantastic one. Yeah. Uh, even get a little Vic Morrow in there. Yeah. Uh, before he met his untimely demise a few yep. years later. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's classic Corman. There's uh, there's a handful of them that, that where you get up a little later in years like this in more uh, modern times where the horror was starting to get a little bit more visceral. Yeah. Um, where he's still, his productions are still putting out really entertaining movies. Yeah. And so... I really think late 70s, early 80s are interesting with him. You get into some of the uh, the the shift from just being cheap and fast to also uh, necessity really emerging some inventive filmmaking, whether it be launching out careers of guys like Joe Dante, but also, you know, even sci-fi stuff, Battle Beyond the Stars and things. Like I, I just think it's interesting when you get up into these uh, pockets of, of time with him how even though the the movies are getting sleazier and more explicit there's still these elements of fun that maintain no matter what the subject matter is because Corman's behind it he wants people to talk about it and come see it yeah and so I think even you know 40 over 40 years later it still possesses that it's Corman said that uh, the script that Doug McClure received for this movie, did not have the title Humanoids from the Deep on it. And that was purposeful because they didn't figure he would accept or even look at a movie with that kind of a title, so they called it something else. And there's your Roger Corman. <laughs> yep. I love yep. it. But at the same time, this is also what's fascinating with him, not to go off on a long tangent, but he he also is the reason like all of the foreign films came here in the 60s that he put on double bills with his movies. Yeah. So the reason guys like Scorsese and... and you know, all that wave of filmmakers to Palma were seeing the French New Wave was because of Roger Corman. But here he is making Humanoids from the Deep 20 years later. Well, not directly making it, yeah. but producing it. But yeah. I think there was some... some uh, Corman went in and did some had some additional footage shot for this movie. I think that's why there's two directors. And it was to add more titties yep, to the movie. Yeah, it's and the first director was not happy. Yeah, boobs and blood are... are Hallmark and then, and then Corman said as time went on, they started doing the nudity less because everybody started doing it in the 80s. And yeah. so they started backing off of it once everybody else was doing the it. The novelty wore off. Yeah, which, uh, video boom. Right now everyone's, you know, hot and bothered over the cancellation of the Batwoman movie. Roger Corman was ahead of that game too when his Fantastic Four And that movie was, not to get off on a tangent, <laughs> but that was largely just done to retain rights. A movie had to be made in order for them to keep the rights to Fantastic Four. So it was shot, but it was never released. If you ever have a chance at a bootleg place to pick that up, do so. I it's a riot. One. I think the moral of the story here, before we move on, is <laughs> just learn as much as you can about Roger Corbin. Uh, He's Ro wildly entertaining. He absolutely is wildly entertaining. And for somebody who may be a filmmaker outside of the box or outside of... Uh, the way things are quote unquote supposed to be done. Listen to Roger Corman. That dude found ways around everything. Oh, I, I uh, that is one of my big uh, con regrets. Is we went to a con and he was one of the main two draws. 
I had the money to meet one of them, and I chose to do Tyler Maine, because at the time I didn't think the star of Halloween is going to be widely available. Um, what a dumb decision. There's certain ones that hurt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I'm uh, genius against... director, seven-foot man behind a mask. You know, though, I, I have this thing for Halloween, and, uh, and, and I thought I chose correct, and uh, what a moron. What a moron. <laughs> Nothing against Tyler Maine, because he was cool to meet, but... Man. Yeah, he is a cool guy. Like, uh, I'm what a dumbass. Like, I should have met Roger <laughs> Corman. And then I could have met Tyler Maine later. Yeah, yeah, there was two movies I wanted to make sure we highlighted with this topic, and this was one of them. Nice. It's a fun one. Nice. All right, I threw out a heavy hitter. We can throw out some other fodder here. I, I, I was going to say, uh, I, I think Humanoids, has that been remade at least once by Corman himself? Not sure. Because I think there's a 90s. Because uh, Corman remakes his own movies, too, which is also fun. So. I think you're maybe you had sold it in a dream. And it, uh, and it is dream. a fun <laughs> science faction <laughs> and true. All right, well, there cool. is a humanoids from the deep from 1996, a TV movie. Oh. About the same time he made Piranha again. <laughs> okay, since uh, they're wrong, I just I'll got go with another title. <clears throat> uh, how about Peter Benchley's The Beast? Uh, I don't know that I watched that one. I want to do. Um, I, liar. <laughs> this, this was a. It was so it was made for TV. I I don't even was it sci-fi. This is like when TV movies were kind of big, like Stephen King movies were. It's like mid nineties. Um, but Peter eventually, after making uh, the novel to Jaws, I think kind of regretted it because of how people. Put great whites like I mean they were hunting them yeah because of his book. Um, so I think he he kind of like tried to go um, kind of against that to kind of like you know hey you know sh- typically sharks aren't even trying to attack a human uh, so I think the beast was his answer to that where it's almost like this half shark half human creature so um, definitely more kind of sci-fi than than Jaws ever thought about being but would you uh, say it was a little too sci-fi. <laughs> I prefer science fiction. There's something about squid and octopu- octopi that, uh, <laughs> octopuses that is un- even though they are natural earth creatures, they come off otherworldly in monster oh, movies man. like this. Watching them like on land move, how is that not an alien? <laughs> <laughs> Well, they cephalopods, is that what they call those? I believe so. But, uh, yeah, so I always I always like movies that have <laughs> have the big tentacled creatures. Not... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know where I was going. Big tentacled you, creatures. You, you know what I was about to clarify. Man, right? guess, not those, not the animated. Have you guys <laughs> seen Judy? Oh, man, man, oh, man. man. Look at those tentacles. Mm. Uh, I'm just moaning in the mic over here. <laughs> Grizz, did I see you watch Slithus? Please, let's talk about Slithus. <laughs> You're going to have to talk about more than I am, because I was watching it and then very distracted from most Is that of not it. the things from the Land of the Lost? Those things could, the Slee Stacks? Is that not the same thing? It's close. It ain't far off. I like that when you got their killer POV, all they did was put a, an icy drink lid over the camera. <laughs> so it was like... Foggy on the outside, and then a, a little hole in the middle to look through. Um, yeah, Slithus was one that was so bad it was fun. 
It's not a good movie, but I, I was giggling a lot watching oh, it. Oh, yeah, because it had the the super bad actor over the top. Was he co- Is he a cop? Yeah. Is this oh. the one set at Venice Beach? He's so bad. Or is that Blood Beach? Nah, Blood Beach. Blood. These all East run Coast. together, kids. Yeah. I think, I think I've seen Slithers. It's silly. Yeah. Oh, it's... And, and and it's only like it's a minutes. leaked radiation mutates something from the sea into a walking man-eating monster. Is the premise of this movie yeah. <laughs> made in 1978, di- uh, directed by Steven Traxler? I thought you were going to say Steven Spielberg. Is, what year was Humanoids? 80s. Uh, yeah, 80. yeah, it was. This 80. was pre-Humanoids because mm-hmm. it's a clear Humanoids ripoff. <laughs> well, Corman strikes again. Evidently not. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, he, at least he improved it when he ripped it off. Then, well, yeah. that's debatable. <laughs> if you've seen Slithers, <laughs> just kidding. A lot of big Slithers fans in the crowd. Lord of mercy. But, uh, no, it was it was bad, but I it's was bad. Enter- I was entertained. What about when that one dude comes out and he's like, has he got radiation sickness or something? He comes out, is that real bad? His skin's coming. It's just real bad. Real yeah. bad. I, guys, if you're into this at all, and you're like, yeah, I'd like to watch that on a hot summer day, Tubi is full of the schlocky underwater uh monster movies so if that's your bag that Tubi is the place you need to go what's even more fun is if you look up Slithus on IMDB it's not even called Slithus on IMDB it's got like a different title yes yes what's it called I don't know Doodoo Doodoo Kelly Monster (laughs) (laughs) probably talk amongst yourselves bring up another movie and I'll look it up uh, okay, I will jump into my heavy hitter. The, uh, the, I said there was two I want to make sure we highlighted. We've already hit Humanoids from the Deep. I'm getting paused. <laughs> Hot off the press, it's Spawn of the Slithus. When mm. I looked it up, I was like, oh, is this like a, a prequel? No, no, no. The film we know is Slithus. It's just also called Spawn of the Slithus. Sometimes you got to shorten it for the dullards. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that right on top of like some uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes? Beneath the <laughs> home of the Slithers. <laughs> all right, Professor. I'm sorry. You no, were, no, no. You're you all right. Were you were following up on what you were looking at. <laughs> on an alley oop. Uh, the one I wanted to make sure that we covered is Deep Rising. Now there are elements of it that I think are are still kind of corny or flawed or whatever, but I do think it's a very underrated movie in the sense of it's just never mentioned on with topics like this. Um, I think it's a pretty fun premise. Now. We're up into CG era, so that's just kind of unavoidable. You kind of know that going into a movie yeah. from 98. Um, and you get some of the elements of, of uh, you know, big-time stuff that was going on in, in movies back then, especially like with Armageddon, and even the title. And everything about it seems like it's going to be some apocalyptic kind of movie. So I think it frequently got looked over for that exact reason. Now, isn't there another film called, like, Deep Impact? Deep Impact, yep. That's what I thought. That's the one I think where they outrun with the moped from the volcano, maybe. You kept saying Deep Rising, and I thought that's a that's a creature movie. It's like who's going to break this to the professor? (laughs) (laughs) And so when I finally looked it up, I was like, "Oh man, I don't know this one." Deep Impact went against Armageddon. Yeah, right, 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 right. exactly. Like Dante's Peak Volcano. So they're around the same time period. Yeah, yes, yeah. And so uh, it seems like the title seems like it's part of that. The director of the Mummy. Yes, the year before the Mummy. So don't go dissing the Mummy. Yep, it's got uh, Treat Williams is is the main 
lead in it along with, uh, how do you say her name? Famke Jensen. Cool, I just want to make everybody else do it before I did. Famke Jensen, that sensation. Um, But it's it's an interesting premise in the sense of uh, you basically have a group hired to help take down a ship and sink it for insurance reasons, but you also have somebody that sabotages the ship that's on the ship. So by the time these mercenaries arrive, the ship is in shambles, but there are creatures loose in there. So you kind of you bypass some of that stuff into the into a different kind of movie. So you know you kind of have that that heist action movie setup, but it turns into to me one of the ultimate vehicles for underwater creatures. Oh, cool! Trapped on this gigantic luxury cruise liner, um, they can't go anywhere, and these things are going apeshit through there. And so, again, some of it's corny with the CG from the era, but I think the the setup and the storytelling is fun enough that more people should give it a shot, especially for a topic that at many points is limited. And uh, I think Kino, was it Kino that put that out? Mm-hmm. Yep, they put on Ice Virgin. I watched this yesterday. Mm-hmm. I am not as favorable as you are with the review. The CG didn't bother me. Uh, what bothered me was Treat Williams is like the poor man's Lone Star from Spaceballs. <laughs> like, and Lone Star, of course, is the poor man's Indiana Jones slash Han Solo. So this is like a Xerox of a Xerox for me. Yeah, I and it's. Also, I don't think anybody's ever tuning in for Treat Williams, though. It's also <laughs> I felt like the thing is basically what this movie is sure. kind of trying to be with the personalities and the type of characters that they've got. I don't think it ever works as well. Um, but also, can you list even five movies made for this topic with money behind it? This is one of them. No, I'll agree with that. That's what I think is interesting about it. And is... I don't I don't hate it. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate it. When I watch something like uh, The Horror at Party Beach, when it's black and white and I first start in, I kind of know exactly what... I know what I'm going for when I'm getting into those, okay? From the era this comes out and what it is, I don't, I don't know what the tone is going to be going in. And sometimes it just doesn't match my expectation, and maybe that throws me. Sure. Um, this is a little too the mummy for me. It's a little too action adventure-y. Uh, too many... Watch your tone. Because <laughs> uh, Kevin J. O'Connor, mm-hmm. who is also in the mummy as the annoying-as-fuck guy in the Fez, <laughs> and is also annoying-as-fuck in Van Helsing as Igor... Is even more annoying in this That's what he cut as on. Joey, and so those and it was Anthony Heald. Is that how you say his name? Uh, for the first half of the movie, I thought it was Nick Nolte. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's got a lot of recognizable faces, a lot of recognizable names. If I something doesn't work for for me with this movie. I don't know what it is, but something doesn't work for me. I feel like maybe it could have had, for me, it could have had a darker tone. Okay. But all in all, I don't, I don't hate it. This, this was, uh, great. 
this was produced by the Weinsteins in that time period too, where because I feel like it originally was gonna have. I feel like when they sold it, they sold it as like an action adventure. Oh, I'm sure because well, I mean, that's you want to hit as wide an but audience as possible. This is also the movie too, where originally the ending was when they get to the island, they hear King's roar. And this was going to be a prequel to King Kong that they were putting out. You just made that up. Did not. No, it actually is reworked. This movie was. Hmm. <clears throat> that's I'm, I can back him up on this because Rebecca McKendry <laughs> talked about it. Well. A while the professor back. says that I believe it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I wait for your fact checker to, uh, to prove me wrong on everything. <laughs> no, 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 no. The professor says it. I mean, it doesn't good. It doesn't fix its shortcomings, I mean, but it is, there There was a bigger, I think, goal with it. But yeah. the thing is, is this movie was tore apart when it came out. Like, if you go look up reviews, you know, the best you're finding is two stars. And so now it's starting to find its footing a couple decades later with people going, okay, this isn't great, but... This is actually pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um, and for a topic as limited as this in terms of quality, I'd be remiss if we I didn't bring I think you would up. love it. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm going to say. Like, I, uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to watch it, but it wasn't on anything. And, I mean, come on. If it's, if it's the guy that made the mummy, I'm going to watch it, yeah. right? So I, I just spent my whole time on the phone looking up Treat Williams because I don't know who Treat Williams is. And so when He's you kept saying treat, notoriously boring. When you keep saying treat Williams, I was picturing Cat Williams, and they're not the same guy. <laughs> he is the star of the substitute two through four. Uh, Prince of the City, I think, was one of his big ones. <laughs> All right, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that was one I wanted to make sure. Yeah, because I wish I would have watched it. There's like. Like I said, man, there are not many movies that have had money spent I think the on time them for this. That's very I feel true. like a lot of the movies that came out got a bigger push just from the same studio. Like I think American Werewolf in Paris was the same time. <clears throat> Yikes! Where they pushed the hell out of that, and again, like automatically, a movie made on water is usually a little bit costly. But I do think you know Vinny's push on this a little bit back from the other angle is important, though. To lower expectations. Yes. Uh, because I'm coming from a place of this movie's been trashed always, and it's actually got more going for it than it gets credit for. But if I sell it too much, people are going to be like, this is not very good. <laughs> yeah. So it's important. I, I appreciate the, the tapering of that because somewhere in between what we're saying, I think, is where most people would land if they just go I, in. I, yes. I would agree with that because I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it on video, and it was trashed. And I was like, oh, I need to watch it to see how many copies we have to get. And I liked it. I've seen far worse movies. I didn't hate the movie. Sure, like, but, I, but I was told by everybody way. how much I would hate it. So, and then I watch it and like, well, this was fun. But yeah, what's next? I have uh, please tell me. So it is sharks, but with a different <laughs> element. But deep blue sea, because they tamper with the sharks. <laughs> do they diddle them? They do diddle them, and. For, for the sake of uh, trying to cure Alzheimer's, now we got super smart sharks. So uh, this I, is to the fourth installment, man-made. I have see? but one request, and that's for sharks <laughs> with freaking laser beams <laughs> attached to their head. Also, I feel like Jaws Four could fit right in here because we have the psychic element. <laughs> I see Grizz turning down his his input. <laughs> Say it. All I can remember. Sad game. <laughs> It's a sad argument you're running here. <laughs> well, then we'll go with underwater. Ooh, now there's another one with money. Ah, I don't know that one. I'm not familiar with that <gasps> one. Please, you guys want to see this? 
No. You would like it. Expound on So it. underwater, I would say, is like you're going into it and you're like, oh, it's it's aliens. But then you're like, oh shit, it's like, uh, uh, it's Lovecraft. From 2020? Yeah. Un- and here's the thing. Oh, wait a minute. This is now I, I st- know why I haven't seen it. I see who's in it. No, that's the thing. This is where I started to go, okay. Is it John Leguizamo? Kristen Stewart is actually not Kristen that bad. Stewart. Oh, okay. She is a beast in this. I mean, legitimately. And hmm. they have a lot of money thrown at this. It's very much in the vein of what we were talking about earlier Between with Alien. 50 and 80 million is the budget on it. And, it's, and this movie's big time. Did this come out right Bigly. at the pandemic or maybe like one of the worst? It was right ones? as the pandemic was 2020 beginning. is when it came out. I mean, it opened because that was, I think, in February. Yeah. Because like, that's the last thing I remember people going to see and talk about before things went to shit. But this I thing. I that, though. So if you remember, if you the trailers, which was cool too, because they don't give a lot away. The trailer, she's like in the bathroom, and then like there's just an explosion on the ship, and half the ship is getting flooded. And they are like way deep, like deep, 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 to the point where there are no options, and it's about surviving with the air and, placement in there and the monster. Woo! It's cool, huh? You know, it's funny time. is I mix that up because just as we were talking about earlier between space and water. I watched the movie Life. Oh yeah, yeah. With the outer space, and I kept getting those two mixed up I because the they board game. <laughs> you, <laughs> I'm more with the magazine myself. You guys gotta watch Underwater. It's yeah, it's cool. I'll check uh, it out. It's on. Uh, I think I have it on uh, Voodoo. I guess it's alive now. And it, Stewart's a badass in it. Hell, sure. she's in like her underwear for a huge chunk of the movie. Like it's. It's intense. I don't like think she, she gets the opportunity to act. Like usually, she, I mean, the, if you ever read the books of Twilight, she's acting just like the stupid character, just which stop. is I, I need you to no. be sad still for seventy pass. I'm sorry, I'm shitting on your film <laughs> franchise, but stop. <laughs> she's she's had a, a pretty good run here though recently. I think yeah, better opportunities. Yeah, but yeah, Underwater has a lot of money put to it, hmm. and it. It's got a lot of really good elements from the science fiction angle of it. Like, the set dressing looks impressive. Like, in the way that, you know, those first couple Alien movies did, uh, where you really sold the environment that they were in. Same with this. Okay. Yeah, this one, um, easily one of the best offerings for this topic in the last 20 years. There hadn't been a ton of them, but it's it's got some cool stuff to it. Right on. All right. One more quote-unquote big one that drew me to this topic is I've been looking for an excuse to watch a little film called Dagon. Oh, yes. I have that on my list. I thought that was too smart for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll mark it off now. Wow. So hateful. I like it. So, this had a few things. Is that... Dagon, though, or Dagon? Dagon. (laughs) Dagon. But they also call him Dagon in the film. Dagon. Um, You've got some H.P. Lovecraft here, which some would argue, some, not me, some would argue that this is some of the best interpretation of Lovecraft's work. Oh, I don't... Here's my stance on that. I think it's the most Lovecraftian thing ever put on film, but I don't think it's the best movie from Lovecraft story right. by, by a mile. But it's, I, I'm going in the mouth of madness every time if you're going to tell me that. Yeah, because, well, I mean, even with Stuart Gordon, his other stuff that he did is so 
This is what blew me away. So it's Lovecraft. It's Stuart Gordon. I was very thrilled going into is this. Is in this one? Huh? Is Jeffrey Combs in this? No. 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 If you watch the film, you would know. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it's sitting on my shelf. They're just staring at each other right now, by the way. <laughs> this was like Stuart Gordon got the green light to make this film, but they told him he could only use things that he found at Kmart <laughs> to make the movie. Yeah. Kind of like There's so many on, on this topic. Like the setting, only land sharks. The setting, <laughs> the the way they shoot it. There's so many cool things about it, but there's also so many things that completely distract. Man, it's it's like Ooh, the story is is a nice try, but like overall, to me as a film, it's a swing and a miss. Yeah, it's very ambitious. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and there's some cool things about it in the seaside town setting. Yeah. But yeah, like. There's, I just remember the CG being Ooh, atrocious. just almost unwatchable. Well, yeah. I, I know it's part of the Vestron line, but I don't think that's originally who put it out. And I, that might be part of it is the because I feel like from beyond, like I feel like Empire was like, here's a shit ton of money. Yeah, because he did another one with Combs and Castle Freak. Yeah, but this doesn't have anybody to really no, hang its hat on. Because uh, I feel like this was one of the last ones he got to do, and I feel like that they. It, it was one that he was given very little to to be able to work with. Yeah, they. I mean, they really swing big with with infusing a lot of these uh, fish creations into the humans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. It just doesn't land. No, I mean they they went for an epic scope, and the, the money was just not there. It's certainly do. worth mentioning, though. Yeah. Oh I mean, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's glad you brought it up. Yeah, and going back to Rebecca McKendry, I mean, she talks about how she shows this in film class, mm-hmm. and like saying, like, if you want to put the story out, I mean, this is a good attempt at telling the story. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and like I said, a lot of people say this is, as you said, the best attempt at Lovecraft on film. Yeah, where they're really trying to get into the bizarre um, in ways that others haven't. Now, with a lot of the other stuff, especially with Gordon's previous success, he's taking smaller samplings of something and blossoming them out into his own thing. Exactly. Whereas this is really trying to go into that madness and it's sometimes better left on the page. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right. That was the other big one I wanted to throw out. That's, that's something that the, this is what the, the topic pushed me to watch Dagon. I think the only other one I have on my list is uh, Demon of Paradise from 1987. Is that a meatloaf song? I do not know this one. It's got, uh, the premise is that people fishing with dynamite awaken a slumbering lizard man who then terrorizes the community. It's very shallow. Uh, Not much to it. Just man in creature suit movie. Uh, it's great for background. <laughs> it wasn't great to sit and give your full attention to, but worth mentioning because there it was. But that was the last one I had on my list. I also use this as an excuse to watch famous cover art, the little film called Blood Beach. Hmm. Anybody seen Blood Beach? I have. What'd you think? It's uh, John Saxon, right? Yep. John Saxon? Right? Yep. Uh, Burt Young in this one. How young was he? He wasn't uh, very I, supple. I think this. Uh, I think the uh, <laughs> video cover art always uh, is probably what people would know this from because it does have an awesome uh, that original 
uh, where the girl's getting pulled down in the scene. Yeah, the cover art's way better than the movie. <laughs> it's just it's underwhelming. Yeah, it's 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 like Tremors uh, at the beach, and so um, and it just never pops off. Like you never get like any big excitement. Blood Beach is is a perfect example of there's so many movies <laughs> from this era. Where, especially when you nerd out and try and go back and, and learn more movies and just kind of explore, and you're looking off cover art, it's always cover art and who's in it. Yeah. Kind of who's behind it. And so, this is another one, and man, there's there's hundreds of them, yeah. where there'll be one or two interesting names that they've got in there to grab your attention to watch a shitty movie. Yeah. Um, Blood Beach, I wouldn't just completely write off as shitty, but it's it's forgettable. Yeah. It, yeah, it's not shitty, it's just not good. Yeah, and it's like interesting cast though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, like, you, so your loved one went missing. <laughs> yeah, where'd you see them last? They went to the beach. And that's it. <laughs> I sound like the Men in Black from Dirty Work. But, uh, Look, there's an alien. Yeah, we better have, have sex, sex with it. it. What was uh? Didn't this have a goofy Jaws ripoff tagline like? Um, oh, probably. something about instead of. Yeah, there was something on the poster. Something that it'll, it'll scare you back into the water. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> probably. I'll look that up when you, you throw out another title. Uh, just a couple that are a, a little bit of a reach, but at least worth mentioning. Uh, Shockwaves, um, which love, has its following. Love Shockwaves. Um, with uh, Nazi zombies in the water. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because on my list I've got Zombie Lake. Okay, there we it's go. It's a really shitty Italian movie. Yeah. Um, it cracks me up. With Shockwaves, I mean, it's nice Peter Cushing's in it, but it's a little bit of a drag for something that has quite a few fans. Yeah. Um, and it's a little out there in terms of creatures, so that's why I say it's a reach. And the other one that's a little bit of a reach, but kind of adjacent that I want to mention was The Bay, um, which is found footage, uh, but deals kind of with... Um, <laughs> More of a biological angle at, at the seaside town and, and stuff that's coming out of that. I All think right. Michael Bay directed that. That's <laughs> believe it or not, that's egotistical. Yeah. What what uh, what time period is that? 2012. Why do I not remember that? Must be bad. Yeah. Zombie Lake is so bad. Like you, you get these exterior shots of a lake, but oh, when you yeah. get in the lake and you see the zombies underwater, it is very clearly a swimming pool. Well, I, say, I think shockwaves. There's some swimming pool stuff, but it's yeah. it's I nice just, to look at. Just blew my own mind. Barry Levinson directed oh. the Bay. No, that's nuts. Wow. wow. Uh, blood Blood Beach. Wow. <laughs> the tagline. <laughs> just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, you can't get to it. <laughs> it rolls right off the tongue. Uh, it also it, it's got two taglines on the poster. The five people believed to have drowned here never even made it past the sand. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, what happened to your loved one? Where'd you see him last? Uh, on the beach. Whoa. <laughs> we were making a sandcastle, and five hours later, they're gone. <laughs> last one for me. Not a film, but a segment of a film. Oh. Beloved by all of us. I was about to say it. Creep Show 2. The raft. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is great. This this is another thing that uh, is embedded in me, to where I could be at any goofy place, and you just see something strange in the, the water. You're like, uh, oh well, no, uh uh-uh. uh. When I see those, you see a dirty trash pontoons bag. <laughs> out there, and like because Indiana lakes 
will have that kind of shit. Yeah, that's immediately where my mind goes whenever I see one of those. Yep, for sure. Which I also think, too, uh, 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 the the one girl basically gets her demise because the guy's turned a finger banger. <laughs> so I'm like, what a scum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little age. You watch it and you're like, mm, that's not cool, man. <laughs> but also, I, I feel like a lot of people like Creepshow 2 over the first one, which I don't. But I think this is probably the best. To me, it's the best uh, uh, segment in in part two. It's so good. Yeah, for sure. And I think just water's an element that I think there is a certain level of fear in people. Which, oh yeah, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say it ain't been used enough in horror films. Well, yeah. I, I think uh, uh, you don't. You don't. I think a lot of times people don't think about it, but. Uh, I went to visit my uncle in uh, in Maui, and I'm out. I'm like, oh, I'm out in the beautiful ocean, and we're barefoot. We went snorkeling. A few days later, I made sure to wear something on my feet every time I entered the ocean because I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I'm stepping on all that stuff. Because there's like eels coming out, and I'm like, uh, stuff we don't usually get at uh, our little Indiana beaches. So. Yeah. Oh, the only time I've ever been attacked in the water was at an Indiana lake. When there was a bluegill. It was by a guy named Ted. <laughs> when there was a bluegill biting the skin tag on my arm. And I asked Carrie, I said, did you pinch me? She says, what are you talking about? I'm nowhere near you. That is straight up out of a horror film. And then it bit me again. Or a country song. Did you say a bluegill was biting a skin tag? <laughs> yeah. That is the most Midwestern shit I have ever heard in my life. Is that a uh, Kenny Rogers song? <laughs> Bluegills in the stream. You know what, though? That is what you are. That's beautiful. I uh, <laughs> I do agree, though, with what you're saying. For something that you would assume there are endless movies, there really aren't. No. Uh, I mean, we divvied this up into a split with, you know, natural, as we mentioned, and supernatural. But it's not like there's a hundred movies to, to rip through on, on each of these topics. Um, yeah, it's a good point. And... I kind of have the same feeling with, with the ocean especially that I do with the desert, which is, I ain't supposed to be here. Yeah. Um, and I'm very limited in... Your interaction. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I can enjoy it and the beauty of it, but I also, I know my role, and I know not to stray out too far uh, in either because it ain't for me. Yeah. I've got my space and that ain't it. Um, yeah. Interesting topic. Yeah. Submarine horror is something else. Uh, that we we didn't touch on much, um, just because it doesn't fully apply to the topic. But there's some cool elements with that. Uh, Underwater has some of that with what we talked about. But there's a movie called Below. I wanted to mention. I was thinking of Below too, but yeah. I already got shamed for my two shark picks. But <laughs> that's got uh, it Johnny Depp and Paul Rubens. Yes, Below. Of, yes, that's Below. <laughs> this is Below. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a more historical horror with a World War II submarine and some supernatural stuff that happens within there. But it also isn't in the same sense of what we're you, you covering. Lost them on that yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they like history. Yeah, yeah. I like what you like. All right. Well, very good. Wrapping up a different aquatic horror roundtable. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I've been joined by. Professor Wagstaff. Venomous Vinny. Hot toddy. Stay scary. I was trying to think about how to do it like water. Like, stay <laughs> scary. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> See y'all. <laughs>